please turn in your new Bibles with me to Hebrews. This week and next week, we are going to be in the book of Hebrews, kind of hovering around the same chapters, but different words. So today we're going to be in Hebrews 11. We're going to be reading the first three verses and then the lectionary skips a little bit and we're going to be starting then with the verse 8. So um, we are going to start right away by reading that for our communion meditation today. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, and then 8 through 16. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven, and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore." All, these, all of these died in faith without having received the promise, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Father, please give us your mind today as we study your word that is living and alive. Amen. As this passage has been on my mind this week, I've been wrestling about the definition of faith. Thinking that it might be interesting to see what others had to say on the subject, I looked up a few to share with you, and I added my own thoughts to spur your own thinking. So here we go. Faith is believing in something when common sense tells you not to. Miracle on 34th Street. This one is interesting, I thought. Faith can override our reason. Faith can override our mind. I know it's about Santa Claus, but it does have some merit. Faith is a grand cathedral with divinely pictured windows. Standing without, you can see no glory, nor can imagine any glory. But standing within, every ray of light speaks a harmony of unspeakable splendors. I thought this one took a little bit of thought. It isn't until you exercise your faith that you truly see the majesty of God and his plans unfurled for you 
that you see his glory. But faith isn't a spectator sport, according to Nathaniel Hawthorne. You can't just look at it from the outside. You have to get to know it from the inside out. Faith and fear have something in common. They both ask us to believe in something we cannot see. This one reminds us that we always put our faith in something, be it our fear, be it God, be it ourself, hopefully God, both ask us to believe in something we can't see. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. I like this one a lot. I think Martin Luther King Jr. nailed it. In my mind, I can see the first step, maybe even a few. In my mind, there are clouds obscuring the steps. I don't know how you see it, but it's not creepy. It's inviting. And there's something about this picture that makes climbing up seem like a good idea. Even welcoming. Maybe even you have a sense of something at the top. Even though you don't know how hard or how long or how enjoyable the journey is going to be. Faith is like a radar that sees through the fog the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. Rely on the instruments that God gives you. Rely on the tools that you know to be true, not on what is your own limited viewpoint. Faith is what makes life bearable with all its tragedies and ambiguities and sudden startling joys. What I thought about this one is putting our faith in God is what sees us through everything we face in life. Putting our faith in God helps us to not be alone. In faith, there is enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. Leave it to the math guy, Blaise Pascal, to make us really pause and think. Faith is what it is. The variable here is the person who's motivated and acts on the faith and the person who is not. In this picture, I see people who trust the Lord using his light for their next step. And I see those who are in darkness looking at the images and the shadows that the light has cast And they keep chasing them, which keeps leaving them because shadows are elusive. Now let's reread again what the author of Hebrews says, for this is actually, I think, the best definition of all the ones that we've read. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In other words, faith is believing something to be true, even when there isn't enough proof to establish it with certainty. Two words jump out at us here, assurance and conviction. That's where the definition gets its teeth. Assurance and conviction. When someone says they can assure me of something, I assure you, Colleen, this is true. I actually feel oddly comforted. Once I bought a book from a guy on Amazon, he was across the country, and when I got it in the mail, he had left a little note in the book. Who does that? I know. 
And it said, in your hands, you have a great read. You will enjoy this. What a nice gesture, I thought. And it made me want to sit down that second and dig into the book. Because someone assured me, who knew what they were talking about, that this was a good choice. Assurance here means a thing put under. The Greeks use it to to mean substance. It came to mean a solid foundation or confidence. It is the place where we build our lives. We are assured so much in our faith by scripture. In the word we have exhortation and lament and prophecy and encouragement and warnings and history from God himself. In the Bible, we find the assurance that others have gone before us. Hebrews 11 is full of that. People who put their trust in God and their lives are examples of how we too can live. Here, we have a biographical sketch of Abraham who lived in faith by the one who called him. If there's a defining characteristic associated with a patriarch, it is faithfulness. Genesis 15, 15, is one of my favorite verses. And it says, Abraham believed in God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Having faith, exercising our faith, means that we are counted among the righteous. In the verse from Genesis, the word reckoned can mean credited. It was credited to Abraham as righteousness. It can mean counted. Abraham was counted among the righteous. It can mean reputed to have. In Romans 4, Paul argues that Abraham was righteous, not because he followed a bunch of rules, but because of the faith that he had in God. But what was Abraham's assurance based on? It was based on the promises of God. God's promise to he and Sarah for a better life. God's promise of an inheritance and the promise of something that they wanted so badly, a son. God's promise of a land that would be theirs. God's promise of descendants that would number the stars in the sky. Abraham believed God. He believed in what was promised. Did he doubt? Oh yeah. Remember he laughed when he heard that Sarah was going to have a baby. She who was what, like 90 and barren. But did he strike out and follow the Lord? You bet. Were there days that probably seemed long and arduous? He didn't understand what was going on? Yes, I am positive of that. But the assurance of God must have brought him comfort and strength to keep on going. His experience of God's presence motivated him to believe that there was more. So as each promise came true, he kept moving forward to the next. He stayed engaged with the Lord Because the Lord was faithful to him and to his family and to the many descendants which continue today. Abraham could have gone back to where he came from, but he chose obedience, following God to the place that he longed to see. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The author also tells us that faith is the conviction of things not seen. This word reminded me of being convinced of something, even when we have no physical example. Have you ever said, I can't prove it, but I know it's true? We all have. 
Because there's something in our inner being that discerns truth, even when it's not readily available to us in solid form. Conviction here means evidence or proof. The author has just finished a thought in chapter 10 about telling the church to persevere in what they believe. Keep going. Keep encouraging one another. Don't stop meeting together because God is with you. The readers have endured many things because they've believed in Jesus. And the writer is cheering them on to hold fast to the faith because the one who promised Jesus is faithful. In your present struggles, he says, Jesus has overcome. He is with you. There's a sense here of not taking life at face value. The conviction of things not seen. But living in the present in such a way that we choose to look at what is not necessarily readily available to us by mental deduction alone. Knowing that there has to be a greater reality than what is seen. We all know that sometimes life looks different than what it really is. We know that sometimes people try to paint a picture. Storytellers or actors or advertisers. And our eyes can play tricks on us, which is why magicians can easily fool us. But it's important that we keep trying to understand why life is the way it is. Because when we do that, the Bible tells us it will lead us to God. Keep seeking. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Don't just settle for a whatever kind of mentality that will lead to nowhere. The life of faith is one of integrity where honest followers keep their faith of God in balance with their feelings and their doubts as well as what they can see in front of them. By faith, the writer says, we believe the world around us was not simply made of nothing. All of us might have various ideas of how God made the world, but we know that no one can make something out of a void except the one who is before all things. While we may have different ideas or thoughts of how this happened, ultimately, the writer calls us to believe in the one who is our creator. In contrast, the writer goes on to talk about Abraham, who lived in a tent, a foreign place, because he believed in the city of God. He didn't see it, but he was convinced that it was there. So he endured the heat and the daily hassle of living by faith, the reality of different cultures and antagonistic neighbors, so that he might one day live in the place provided by God. Life is not just given to us. We have to strike out on a journey so that we might grow in trust and character, so that we might grow to know the one who made us and calls us. God could have just swooped in and taken Abraham to the place where he wanted, to the grand city of God, but he didn't. Instead, bit by bit, he showed Abraham the truth of what Abraham became convinced of, that God was good and that he would lead his whole family to the place of his choosing. So this morning, what is your definition of faith? What have we thought about today or talked about today that resonates with your soul? The gospel message 
both helps to assure us and convince us in our faith. Jesus' life and death help us to act on what we believe and to hold on to the promises that he gave us as his body, which are for all of us and individually, personally for us. We, like Abraham, are on a journey. Where are you on your journey? And what is helping you to trust to take the next step forward? If faith is believing and acting on something with great certainty, even when there is no definitive evidence, then we as Christians look forward to the day when our faith will be actual sight. When we shall see the one who told us that he was going to prepare a place for us so that we might come to be where he is. Today we celebrate that one, Jesus, and exercise our faith in him by coming to the altar and receiving the elements which symbolize the forgiveness of our deepest sin and trusting that we leave here cleansed so that we might live out the assurance and conviction of our faith in God outside these doors. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church to take communion at our table. All are welcome. All who want to affirm their faith in Christ as pilgrims who are on the way to a better home.